Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca podcast episode, and uh, I'm joined by a brand new guest today, Madison Banks. Madison, thank you for making time to hang out with me. We're actually recording on the weekend, so thanks for making time during your weekend. Yeah, I'm so excited. Weekends is like where I really get everything done, so I'm really excited to be able to join you today. Now, are you are you full, you're, you're a photographer, obviously, but then you're also working an additional job on top of that? Yeah, so I actually work a forty-hour-a-week job. Um, wow. I work at a, at our local bank. Okay. Um, I have ever since I got out of high school. It's just it's always been a great job, so I just don't see really any need to leave that job. Yeah. Especially since I can balance both. Interesting. So. And then, how many are, are you shooting? A combination right now. We're going to actually talk about brand position here in a second. But are you shooting a combination of of weddings and portraits, or is it primarily weddings? What's your main focus? So I believe that every business owner should, especially when they're beginning out, should take what they can get. Um, Especially when you're growing a business, you want all the income that you can possibly have, especially to buy like new equipment and things like that. So occasionally I'll take, you know, a portrait session from like a local family or something like that, mainly because sometimes I do enjoy it. But I think actually having that extra income um, on top of the weddings really gives me a free way to get new equipment that I want sure. um, or th- things like that. So sometimes, yeah, but mostly it's just weddings and engagements. And what market are you based in currently? So I'm in the Bluffton Hilton Head area. Oh, nice. So the Beaufort, Bluffton and Hilton Head. Yeah. So there's actually not that many of us in that area. So it's not so saturated. Okay. Um, at first I was kind of marketing in the Charleston area, but it's extremely saturated there. And that's not really a market that I really wanted to get into. I really wanted to serve my particular area in the Bluffton, Beaufort and Hilton Head area because there's not that many photographers. So giving people something that's a little bit different was super exciting to me. Well, and so for everybody listening in, of course, we're talking about South Carolina. um, And then you work a little bit in the Georgia market as well. Yeah. So um, I'm actually from Robbins, Georgia. I was born and raised there. I have tons of friends there. So I do tend to market in that area as well, just because I have a lot of followers in that area, especially on social media. Okay. So I, yeah, I do market in the Atlanta Warner Robins, Macon area, okay, a lot too. But, so, yeah. but the main focus is South Carolina. And by the way, for everybody listening in, if you go to Photography Madison Banks, just like it sounds, we'll link to it in the show notes. You can see her Instagram account, and the website is MadisonBanksPhotography.net. And yeah. um, so, I, I'm interested to hear that, especially in Hilton Head area, that there aren't a lot of photographers. I would assume that they would kind of gravitate toward that area because it's such a touristy area. Why? Why do you think that's the case? Um, 
I honestly, I can't nail it down. You know, I started this business about a year ago and I just, when I, I'm engaged. So I actually, before I started my business, I wasn't engaged then, but of course every girl looks. So I was actually looking for, you know, wedding photographers in the area, especially when I got the idea that I wanted to start the business. And sure, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But when I was starting my business, I did the analytics of things and tried to find areas where it wasn't so saturated. And Hilton Head, there are a group of photographers in this area, but there's not a lot of them. And this may just be what, from what I see, but I, there's like a handful of, of 10 of them. Um, and I, we all have different styles. So that's wow. what I think is really, I think it's really, really, really cool. Especially like in a 10 mile range, there's only like three of us Wow! and they are completely different styles. You know, you have the moodier style and then there's the moody and light area and then there's the light. So it's, it's just really cool to see. I, I, I don't know exactly why I think everybody just kind of graduates towards Charleston, especially because it's, you know, it's the place to go. It's gorgeous there. Everybody gets married there. Sure. So I think, I think that's why there's not a lot of people in this area because it's honestly, it seems like a big community, but it's not, it's a small, it's a smaller community. It's it's hard to explain, but yeah, it's it's a smaller community. Yeah how how do you then you know that's kind of leads me to my first main question, which is yeah. is one that we talk about here a, a lot on the podcast brand position. What is your business's brand position or the unique value proposition your business offers to your market? Yeah, so this is something that I struggled with a lot during my first couple of months of being a wedding photographer. I really had to take a step back and understand who I was and why I was a wedding photographer. Um, I also had to think about what kind of clients I wanted to serve and how I wanted to serve them. It was not until actually a couple months ago after many, many hours of self-evaluation that I finally sat down and understood myself and what my business meant. As a wedding photographer, I photograph real-life bride and grooms. I want to flatter everybody, no matter what size or shape, as well as being able to provide clients with the experience of joy and excitement. I also um, make it very important that my brides feel a sense of community and feel as if they are part of something, which they are. I borrowed this. I did borrow this concept from Caitlin James, and I don't know if you've ever heard of how she brands her business around a community. She wants her bride and grooms to feel like they're a part of something. Um, so I actually borrowed that con- the community concept from her because I absolutely fell in love with it. When I heard it, I knew that that was something that I was longing for and wanting my business to be a part of. Um, so brand positioning in this market is to make every bride and groom feel their best and their happiest when they're with me. Interesting. So when when it comes to this idea of helping them feel comfortable, and we're going to get into this in more detail later on in our conversation, but what is where, where does that desire come from? Like, what what's the motivation for that? Because I think it actually is something that would resonate with a lot of potential clients. They're they're not used to being in front of the camera. Maybe there are certain things that they don't like about themselves, the way that they look, mm-hmm. the extra ten pounds that they held onto, whatever it is. But what, where does that come from for you personally? Like why, why is there that strong motivation to help them feel comfortable in front of the camera, regardless of how they look or feel about themselves? Yeah. So I've, I'm not, I I guess you could say I'm like an average size, (laughs) but it doesn't matter what size or shape you are as a woman. I think that every woman feels 
like there are is are some parts of them that they don't necessarily love. Okay. And I think I struggle with that a little bit, especially I have a one and a half year old son. And especially after I had him, I started to feel like maybe I wasn't comfortable in front of a camera. Sure. And even when I was a senior in high school, I remember getting my senior pictures taken and still not real. And I was at my tiniest then. I'm, I still, I look back and I'm thinking, what was I thinking? But <laughs> <laughs> right. So we can always I, find ways to be critical of ourselves. I mean, I, I think that's something that a lot of people can probably relate to, but I, I love the fact that you're taking your personal experience and, and kind of weaving that into the experience that you're trying to create for the clients where you know that mm-hmm. that most people probably in one form or another feel uncomfortable with how they look even if it's just a little thing and you want to make sure that they feel comfortable with you that they feel comfortable in front of the camera and honestly i i don't see that messaging on the homepage of your site or at least not front and center i think it would be a really cool opportunity to position yourself as that photographer that helps them feel comfortable yeah. in front of the camera and make that message front and center because if they land on your site and they see that that's a focus immediately I bet, I mean, you're already booking weddings, but I bet it would even encourage that further because that's something that resonates with a lot of people. And yet most photographers, they may put it in the copy of their site somewhere um, talking about, you know, helping, helping the client or helping the person feel comfortable in front of the camera, but it's not front and center as a marketing Mm -hmm. message or as a positioning message. So I I would consider that because I think it's a really important one. And if there's nobody else in your market doing it, then it immediately Mm -hmm. enables you to stand out that much further. I think it'd be a really great idea. Exactly. And I don't, and there's not, honestly, there's, I don't, not not that I see. And the number one thing that a client asks me when they book with me is, or the number one thing that they say is I'm booking with you because I know that you're going to make me feel confident and beautiful. Mm. Um, And so that is huge for me when I hear that. And that's where this kind of branding concept comes together. I think when you're branding your business, you really have to pay attention to what your clients tell you and what other people tell you, because a lot of times you get blinded by what's really there, by what you think you want. Yeah, no, it's a great, great point. And actually a great summation to that, that point of conversation. But let me Mm -hmm. keep going too, because one of the things that I know that you've not been in business an extremely long time at this point, Mm -mm. but I'm curious during that timeframe, was it been a year, year and a half or so? So actually, probably like a month ago, I started the business a year ago. Um, and it wasn't, I, it took me a couple months to understand what exactly in photography I wanted to do. Sure. Um, and finally, you know, I nailed down that I wanted to be a wedding photographer. But it, it took me a while to figure all of that out. Well, nonetheless, though, you've been in business for a, just over a year, so not a real long time. But I'm, I'm really curious, in, in the process of working with the clients that you have, what has been one of the most important principles you've learned about providing a great customer experience? So I believe that connecting with a client, on and a lot of photographers do this, this is a lot of photographers' concepts, but I believe that connecting with a client on more than just a business level and this won't work for every client um and this is where it comes back to the branding um, and making sure that you are booking clients that have a similar mindset as you but just caring about honestly just caring about your client is the key to be to having an amazing client experience um keeping bride and grooms always informed is extremely important as well so making sure that they know what's going on and that you're providing them with things that they didn't even know they needed or that they wanted. 
So I think that's, that's, that's what's been the main thing for my client experience. Cause let's say I, I send them a little gift um, in the mail. They're like, Oh my gosh, like nobody in my area does nobody, nobody has done that for me. Like even if they've, even if they've had another photographer in the past, you know, just with a couple of sessions, they're like, how she never, he or she never did that for me. I can't believe you're doing this. Like, why are you reinvesting back into us? They're just so surprised. And a lot of photographers use this concept, but it's just very vague in the, in my area. So that's just, that's where I kind of base my client experience off of is just treating them good, like making sure they're just taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I mean, it, it's funny. You're, you're right. It's, it has become more commonplace in our industry in the last mm-hmm. number of years to put more of a personal touch on that experience that we create for our clients. But um, the fact that, that there, it's still not everyone that's providing that type mm-hmm. of experience gives you the ability to be able to stand out when, when it comes to putting more of a personal touch. I mean, you, you you talked about the significance of managing expectations of communication, mm-hmm. but what does it mean to actually put a personal touch in your interaction with them that goes beyond the professional side of things? What does that actually look like tangibly? Yeah. So um, this is actually, this first point is a concept that I borrowed from Caitlin James as well, um, because literally I'm obsessed with her. I love her and how she runs her business. Right when a client inquires with me, right when I get an email, and this is a bit of a commitment. It's a large commitment because when you make a video of yourself, <laughs> you don't want to look like you just rolled out of bed. Um, so you have to make sure that you're kind of, you know, professionally dressed when you do this. But right when a client inquires with me, I send them a video message um, directly to them saying, you know, hey, Ashley, I'm so excited to get your inquiry. Um, I hope you have a great day. I would love to schedule a FaceTime call with you. I'm just sending you a video message so you can hear my voice and see my face. And that is something that I do with every single client. And when they get that video message, they're like, oh my gosh, like she's actually real. Like she's a real person. And I think right then and there, it gets personal with them. That's really cool, actually. What 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 platform are you using to send that video message? Honestly, I just use my iMessage phone. Okay. I just... I just videos myself really fast and I send it to them and they think they're like, wow, you know, it kind of shocks them for a minute. And I feel like it makes them want to get to know me more, especially if I'm really enthusiastic in the video. Yeah. That's um, a great point. And you know, if I look professional, if I look like I rolled out of bed, I think they would be like, Oh, well, so I have our stuff together. Huh. <laughs> Cause right in that video message, I say, you know, do you want to schedule a FaceTime call? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's schedule a FaceTime call. And then it becomes even more personal because during that FaceTime call, whether I be at home or in my office, um, sometimes, you know, my kid will come running up or my dog will jump on the couch. And then they feel like they have a sense of, oh, like, you know, I'm seeing some of her personal life as well. So it, it's tricky, but I, I, it's honestly worked so well for me. I think that's a great idea. And honestly, I mean, I, I'm even thinking about it in the way that I interact with our clients, potential clients, listeners of the podcast. Even if it's just a DM and Instagram or you know a message through Facebook, there's an ability to click mm-hmm. on the camera icon, take a video and send it versus yep. just sending a text message. And it, it really can make it that much more personal. And I'm a huge, huge fan of this this little thing that you mentioned in passing, which is enthusiasm. Um, mm-hmm. whether I'm sending a text message or I'm, you know, I'm talking to somebody in person or maybe on the phone or even doing a, an interview for the podcast, I think there's something to be said for throwing some extra energy into that interaction. So the person on the other side of you, whatever the type of interaction that's happening, they feel like you actually are excited to engage with them. Yeah. Um, and I think that can really make a big impact. The, yeah, that's just the 
point behind the, my whole branding is making sure that my clients feel joy and excitement. So if I don't show that same kind of joy and excitement, then my clients will be a little bit thrown off about what my business is actually about. Well, I think it's a good reminder for all of us, and I appreciate you bringing that up. But let's actually talk about time, because you mentioned your little one, Mm -hmm. you're about to get married to, you're running a business. How do you Mm -hmm. effectively balance these things, especially as a relatively new business owner, plus having a full-time job on top of that? What is there a particular technique that you've used to manage your time more effectively? Yeah, so finding free time is extremely difficult for me and business owners, especially that have a full-time job because a lot of us do and they have a child or multiple children. Gosh, I can't even imagine that. (laughs) Um, Oh man. I, um, I believe that everybody needs to find their own rhythm and my, how I find my free time may not work for everyone. Um, and I know it might work, not work for everyone because I'm a huge workaholic. I'm constantly communicating with my inquiries, my bride and groom, social media, and other things that are important to my business throughout the entire day. That works for me. I don't just choose one time a day to do my work. I don't just come home from my full-time job and start working on the wedding business. I do it all throughout the day. And thank God I have a job that allows me to do so. Okay. So there will be periods within my job that I can hop on the computer and send emails. I'm like addicted to the work. I'm addicted to the rush and the adrenaline that comes with it. Eventually, I do think that everyone, including myself, can quickly come tumbling to the ground after all of that. That is why I always try to take a day off or push some work to the next day. Um, I also make it very important that I have an entire week off for my 40 hour a week job. For my full time job, I try to do it at least, you know, twice a year because, and I, I don't take I don't take many breaks from my business because I believe when you're starting a business, you have to be, I feel like you are constantly having to work at it because I feel like every beginner, beginner business owner has to, has to do that. I think when later on in your business, when you have everything established, it'll be perfectly okay for you to take a break every now and then, um, to, you know, go on vacation from it. But you know, when I'm on vacation, I feel like I'm still working my wedding photography business job. Um, <laughs> Sounds like you need to find a little bit more time to take a break. I, I, I would be concerned about you getting burnout in the long run because it, it makes sense yeah. to like in certain segments of your life and your business to be putting extra at work and hours in. I mean, I've done this mm-hmm. as well, but at the same time, you know, one of the big benefits of being a business owner, first of all, is the fact that you get to be your own boss and decide your own hours and, and create yeah. time for yourself as, as needed. And while the initial excitement and buzz of starting in a new business mm-hmm. is, is very significant. And I get that feeling mm-hmm. for the sake of your, for yourself and, and your kid and, and your future husband. I mean, the, in the long run, definitely finding, chunks of time where you can just stop and learn to take a deep breath and just be okay not having to work. Um, I think it'll be a good thing too. Healthy for everybody. Yeah. And I do. Um, I, when I'm, I don't think this is really much of a break, but when I'm, you know, I do take moments when I just stop and do something else, you know, with my family, but I still feel like it's not a break, you know, because I, when I come home from my full-time job, I'm, you know, taking care of my home. I am trying to, you know, get everybody ready for bed and things like that. And then, you know, maybe I, I usually when I get home from my full-time job, I'm not doing much photography business work because I can usually get that done um, during my 
work hours, which like I said, again, it won't work for everyone because if you have a full-time job, that job may not allow you to do so. Sure. But that's just kind of what works for me. And also I'm a strong believer in completing one individual task at a time. So if I'm doing one thing, I have to complete that before I start something else or it's going to crush me um, because I've dealt with the backlash of that before. So that's my big rule is always completing one small task before finishing another. So time management, delegation, outsourcing is an important component of time management as a photography business owner. Is this something that you experienced or experimented, I should say, with to date? Or is it something that you're looking to to try in the future? So I... (laughs) I was outsourcing my home chores. Um, I hired a maid to come in and really help me, you know, keep the house clean because that was my, that was taking away a lot of my time. Sure. But I, I'm like one of those girls where if it's not like, and I, it's, it's a flaw and everybody has their flaws, but if it's not the way I, I want it, I really don't want anybody else to do it. And I struggle with that, but I had to just start cleaning my house myself. So I don't outsource that anymore. May start back and do um, maybe hire someone else. But outsourcing things for my business in particular, I have not um, decided to do that yet because I think as a business owner, a starting out business owner, especially in the wedding photography industry, Get nailing down your style before outsourcing, maybe editing or something like that is very important. Um, and I think you, you know, from photographers edit, I think that you would agree with that as well. Making sure that your style and how you want your images to look and feel is very important for outsourcing that. Um, and I've thank thank God to many many educators out there who have taught me fast post-processing and implementing that from the very, very beginning. It does not take me a long time to edit my images. Um, I try to get everything right in camera so that I'm not spending hours and hours on my computer doing so. Yeah, it, it is an interesting um, point of conversation. First of all, thanks for the shout out to Photographers Edit, which of course is a sponsor of the show. Um, we, yeah. I mean, so much of the podcast is about, in fact, our, our brand position actually is helping photographers build sustainable businesses. And one of the ways that we can build a sustainable business where we don't get burnt out um, in the long run is delegation outsourcing. And it can be, it really can be tough to give up control and to feel like things mm-hmm. aren't getting done exactly the way that you want them to. I mean, I've experienced this personally um, on multiple levels. And, and yet at the end of the day, the reality is if, and, and actually we had a guest on a while back, a friend of mine, his name is Thomas Flint, and uh, we can link to the, to the episode in the show notes. But one of the things he, he said, when we were talking about this idea of delegation is he, he was like, you know what, the, the idea that we, that we can't outsource or delegate to somebody else, this notion that we suggest that no one else can be, can possibly be as good as us. It's, it's a very, it's really kind of an ego-driven thing, right? And and yeah, <laughs> and I I know I'm guilty of this because I, again I've yeah. experienced this multiple times over. This idea internally that I'm like, what in the world is this person thinking? And and then naturally comparing that to to what I'm doing, and ultimately looking down. Now I, I think certain standards are important, but at the end of the day, if there is a slight difference. The, the client or the potential client's not going to notice what we're noticing. And we, we have to realize is if we're willing to give up a little bit of control, what that means for the bigger picture, especially the type of experience that you're trying to provide your clients, uh, which is much more personal and hands-on, it takes time, right? So if you're having to do busy work like editing, 
that takes away from your ability to focus on that experience that you're creating for the clients, which actually makes a way bigger impact than some nuance in the editing style. So that's something to consider. The other thing you mentioned that's really important, um, it actually significant, is understanding what it is that you want, or more specifically, your editing style before you delegate. And I think that is important. I don't think it takes that long, frankly. And I think if we complicate it, photographers listening in, maybe you're like, you know what, I've, I've been shooting for a year or two or three years, whatever it is. And I just don't know what my quote editing style is. I don't, I think that's overcomplicated. I think ultimately Mm -hmm. we decide what we like and just run with it. There's no need to spend excessive amounts of time on it, but it is important whether you're delegating editing work, you're delegating admin work, you're delegating album design or accounting, whatever it is, it is important to understand what it is that you're looking for to begin with before you begin delegating. Because if we've worked with countless photographers over the last 12 plus years or so, and one of the biggest issues that we run into is when a photographer comes to Photographer's Edit and they don't actually know what they want. They like the idea of outsourcing um, and having Mm -hmm. somebody else take care of that. But there's this kind of unspoken expectation that Photographer's Edit is just going to read their mind and figure it out and make it look good for them. And we can do that to a point, but at the end of the day, we can't read minds, right? And Mm -hmm. so while we might be able to make an image look good, it may not match exactly what they had in mind, but we don't know what that person had in mind because they haven't taken the time to clearly understand it for themselves in order to then be able to effectively communicate it to us. So I'm glad that you bring that up. It is important to be clear about your editing style, to be clear about what it is you're looking for in album design, to be clear about how you want your admin assistant to to write emails for you. Whatever it is, you have to be clear about that in order to effectively delegate um, and that is a really important principle when it comes to to this idea. So I appreciate you highlighting that. And I hope that you can ultimately find some success in that, whether it's outsourcing or delegating homework, um, you know, cleaning, house cleaning, or it's it's stuff in your business. You're going to find a lot of benefit from it if you can just learn to give up a little yeah. bit of control. Yeah. And I think I think that you make a really good point of just letting go of some things. Um, that ego thing is huge. Uh, I, I tend not to let go of a lot of things and just want to do them myself. But I have kind of realized now that I need to let some things go and just let others help. Yeah. And, and you know, what? I, again, I can 110% empathize with the way that you feel. And, and there is being the kind of uptight individual type A personality that I am, that process of finally letting go, it feels really good. I promise. If you just if you just give it a try, so yeah. <laughs> um, definitely experiment with it because I think you'll find a lot of benefit, especially as you're starting out. It may feel really cool right now to be just a hundred miles an hour all the time, working nonstop. That's mm-hmm. not going to last forever, and I can speak from experience being in the industry now close yeah. to twenty years. So you got to think big picture about how to scale your business and do so in a way that that enables you to avoid burnout because the mm-hmm. experience that you provide for your clients, if you're tired because you're doing all this other busy work and then you're finally getting the opportunity to connect with a client or just go photograph them and you're exhausted because you're doing all these other things all the time, mm-hmm. all week long, you're not going to be able to provide the same experience that you would if a lot of that stuff was off your plate and you can actually yeah. give the attention and focus to it um, that would be possible at that point. So Anyway, we'll leave that alone. It's a really interesting topic, and I appreciate you sharing your perspective, too, and your experience with it. But let's talk about um, an impactful business or self-help book that you've read or listened to. What is one that comes to mind? Yeah, so this is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, And I get a little emotional talking about it. Hopefully, I won't say But So when it comes to outside inspiration, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, And I think I know that my business started by actually listening to the Boga podcast. 
Um, I know that I have grown a lot listening to other business owners talk about their business. Um, And listening to you guys has helped me extremely, tremendously. Um, But I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I also, this is huge, I also do not try to limit my ideas and mindset to one particular kind of person or entrepreneur. Hmm. Um, I think that anyone can inspire you no matter what they do. You just have to look really deep within. For example, me and my fiance do not like the same TV shows. We do (laughs) not watch the same thing. So finally, we found something um, that we both like. It's called The Chef's Table. It's on Netflix. It's beautiful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that show has got to be one of the most inspiring shows I've ever watched. Especially the first season, by the way. That was my favorite. Yes. Yes. On one particular episode, they were featuring, and you may have watched this, featuring a famous chef by the name of Sean Brock. Um, we related to him instantly because he was from our area. He's from the Charleston area. Okay. And while being one of the South's leading chefs and truly advancing in his career, he was secretly suffering from an extremely rare illness caused by stress and work that and that will relate to me <laughs> that nearly made him blind wow. um, and leading it and that it led him into some really dark days of drinking. And the story goes on and he takes a step back from all the work and the stress and the craziness and realize that he's doing it all wrong and that he's clogging his mind with stress mm. that he can't even focus on his creativity. Um, this is the biggest, my biggest issue in my life. Um, I'm always focusing on something else and always trying to please everyone that I can't focus on how I can serve someone and the creativity is clogged. I've tried been trying to fix this, um, but sometimes this happens to a lot of people, a lot of stress clouds their creativity of all the time. So Sean really inspired me to stop, look at my life and just breathe and let my mind take me where it needed to be. Yeah, it's well, I mean, this really follows very well, actually, our conversation earlier about creating mm-hmm. a scalable business, because you're right, especially I mean, the 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 for anybody who's not watched the show, by the way, on Netflix, it is it is one of the best produced uh, documentary yes. style shows that I've ever seen. It's beautifully done. And again, particularly the first season was really impactful. Make sure you check it out. But um, the, the life of a chef is very much high stress. It seems like yes. all the time. It's kind of mind blowing to, to as you watch it and realize a little bit of what they have to go through. Um, but you are so right. It's when, when we allow, I mean, cortisol, on an actual physiological, scientific level, cortisol, this, this stress hormone, um, if we allow that to exist with the exceptions of the occasional, you know, like we're dealing with an emergent, an actual emergency, if we allow that, that stress hormone to exist constantly or consistently in our life for an ongoing basis over and over and over and over again, it will do scary things to us physically and mentally. And this is an, a prime example of it. So to our earlier point, yeah, absolutely. Doing what you need to to create time and space for yourself, largely through delegation and coming up with efficient workflows, taking advantage of software that will help you automate some of that work, um, will enable you to be able to m- help minimize stress, maximize the freedom, the flexibility that you can have as a business owner. And I think that's really important for the long run of building the business, um, not only that will sustain you financially, mm-hmm. but that will enable you as an individual, as a human being, right? I mean, if this thing Mm -hmm. eats up your life so much that it begins to interfere with your relationship with your child or with your fiance and future husband, Mm -hmm. like that's, 
that that's just gonna I, I would hate to see that happen. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're you're realizing it. And and mm-hmm. again, I would encourage you and everybody listening in, do whatever you can to build not just a great business right this second, but something that is sustainable. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I'll do this even with um, like workouts, for example, over the years, I get really ex- I get on this kick and I'm, I'm so excited about losing this much weight or looking this particular way. Mm-hmm. And so I go in with extra energy and then I end up overdoing it, right? I end up going, I'm pushing to the extent or pushing in a way that is not sustainable over the long run. And what I, re- I have come to find out is that short intense spurts that I can do that I can put in consistently rather than, you know, two, three hours in the gym on an ongoing basis. Um, that is something that I can do consistently over time, not get burnt out, not beat my body up too much. And mm-hmm. the end result is incredible. And I can mm-hmm. con- continue to maintain it versus being so intense and saying, I got to be in the gym two or three hours a week or a day, you know, four or five times a week. And I just totally burn out within the span of two or three weeks in it because it's not sustainable. That, I think that's a clear metaphor and example of what we can do in business. And we need to make sure we avoid going down that route. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. This is a good reminder. We'll make sure to link to um, that show. I, I think we can figure out a way to link to that show on Netflix. You guys got to watch it. I mean, like Nathan said, it, this is like the most well put together show I have ever seen. It really makes you cry if you really oh, yeah. get into it. There's some quite emotional spots too, particularly in that first yeah. season. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to link mm-hmm. to that in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. Let's actually jump into our main conversation though for today, Madison. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you've you've been in business for a very short amount of time, and yet you've been able to book weddings pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Will you just kind of share just a brief version of your the, the backstory, kind of how you got into photography, and then we're going to talk about how you've been able to book weddings so quickly in your first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm new to this whole photography world. I've been in business for about a year now. Most importantly, new to the wedding industry, which can really blow your mind. Uh-huh. Um, So this whole idea all started when I actually dropped out of college because I hated it. I was miserable and this is not for everyone, but I was beyond miserable. I honestly just didn't see an endpoint and didn't understand why going into thousands of dollars in debt and student loan debt was worth it for me, especially when I had this creative mind and this drive for to be an entrepreneur. I couldn't imagine my life being anything with um, some sort of degree that I'd gotten. I just, it, I didn't see that in my life for some reason. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be a physical therapist. I just, exact, I mean, I just went through all these ideas and I didn't, it just didn't seem like me. I was a smart kid. I always received good grades and I wasn't lazy about it. I just am the kind of person who will not do what I don't want to do most of the time, which is a flaw. I have lost this battle with my child several times. So I would not recommend (laughs) trying to win that with your children. But so while sitting at my college desk, I literally just walked out during a lecture and never went back. Um, There was just no sense in being unhappy for me. I was beyond miserable with it. I knew that I had to do something. So I decided to start my own business. I didn't know quite what exactly for. Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but I knew that I always enjoyed taking pictures of people and turning the camera around to see their reaction. So that was the beginning of my wedding photography business. It's not the super long story. I just was unhappy. I didn't want to go to college. 
I wanted to start my own business. So that's where the idea came from. And I'm so thankful that I walked out of that lecture two that's, years ago. <laughs> well, that's really interesting though, but I'm, I'm curious specifically, what, what do you feel like you're getting out of your business that you weren't going to get as a result of going to school and going into some other profession? What specifically are you getting out of this? So I know that when you, when you work for a degree, like you're working for it, and when you finally graduate, like that's something you did. But I wanted to do something that I created. Mm. I wanted to create something. Okay. And I feel like when you're, when you're studying towards a degree, you're not really creating that degree. Someone created it for you, which is totally fine. I tip my hat to anyone that can go through college, sit at a desk and study for hours and hours upon end. But that just wasn't for me. I wanted to be able to create something and be proud of the work that I had done. Um, and especially when it comes to taking photos of people, being able to turn that camera around and see how excited they are to see that image was huge for me. Um, I remember when we were taking family photos, it, it was just, you know, part of our family. She was, I don't think she was really a photographer. She just had a camera. Um, and I thought of her as a photographer. So I actually asked her if it was okay if I could take some pictures with my phone of my family. And I would turn my phone around and show my family and just seeing their reactions. That's when I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Well, I, I love that you figured out what it was that didn't work. And, and rather mm -hmm. than drawing that out forever and ever, even getting your degree, you just, I mean, I, this idea, this picture in my head of you getting up out, out of class, just like walking out, I think is really, really powerful. And, and now it, it, of course, gives further context too to the energy that you're throwing into creating this business. Uh, because you're like, this is the thing, this is what I have to do at this point. I've got to mm -hmm. create something for myself and for the long run. And I think it's, I think it's a really inspiring story. So I appreciate you sharing that. But one of the things you said yeah. to me ahead of our conversation today, actually really two ideas in particular that have made an impact in your ability to be able to book weddings quickly in this first year. One, one was a focus on the client's personality, despite it may be the fact that they don't look like something out of a, a magazine, right? Mm -hmm. um, kind of the stereotypical model, if yeah. you will. And then you talked about this briefly earlier, the significance of, of helping somebody feel beautiful, however they look, however they feel about themselves, mm -hmm. helping to feel beautiful, but a focus on the client's personality over their looks. And then the second thing that you mentioned was the client's personality and more specifically their chemistry with mm -hmm. you, the photographer. So here's two significant ideas that made an impact for you. Before we talk about each of them and break them down, what even turned you on to the significance of these ideas to begin with? I'm an average person. There's nothing like, I'm not tall and I have long curly hair. I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm, I've always felt a little bit of just average. So I wanted to make sure that my business spoke to an average kind of person, if that makes any sense. I wanted to photograph people that were real. Um, not saying that people, models and bridal magazines, models for bridal magazines aren't real people. I just wanted to photograph an everyday kind of person yeah. that an everyday kind of bride, because a lot of, in, in particularly in my area, it's not LA. Um, so it, it's, 
there's just a different kind of bride here. So I wanted to make sure that I spoke to that type of bride. A lot of people, they just want to feel and they want to look good. Um, that's why I, mainly b- besides having a photographer at their wedding, that's why they hire a photographer is because they, they want to, they want pictures of themselves and they want to be able to feel and look beautiful in those photos. If they're a little bit heavier they want to be, they want the photographer to be able to flatter them. Yeah. Um, that's such so important. So that's where that idea came from. Well, so, and that makes sense when it comes to, um, I guess their, their looks and, and the significance of personality overlooks and ultimately just focusing on helping them feel beautiful. I, I think that's great. And we're not, of course, suggesting yeah. that, that a bride who doesn't look like a model isn't spectacular. No, no. Um, it, it's just a different look and feel. And they may have certain mm-hmm. insecurities. And despite those, you want to help yeah, them exactly. feel great about themselves, which I think is, is really important. And frankly, all photographers should be attempting to do that in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. I think it makes certainly can make a big impact on the client experience. But then the other element that you mentioned was chemistry with the client's personality um, between you and the client that chemistry has to be good again we'll break that down in a little bit more detail on how you do that in just a second or make sure that that's the case but what turned you on to the significance of that idea so I've always been the kind of person who connects with people on a deeper level I want to help people and make people happy um, I think that is a type of person so I I want to make sure that people feel feel feelings with me. I want to make sure that people know my personal life and that they, and not all clients will do this, but I will have some that they just don't want a more personal feel, which is totally fine. Um, but most of my clients, they have a connection with me and we're, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much best friends with a lot of my clients. Honestly, now that we've met, and that's just the the sense of wanting to feel. I've always wanted people to feel a certain way when they're with me. So even even outside of my business, before I even started it all, that's where it all came from. Is I as I felt a certain way, and I wanted people to feel a certain way with me. Yeah. And I like I said, I think that's just a personality type. But that really fell into my business and really was a main focus. Oh, I love that. We'll come back and, and talk about that in more detail in just a second. But um, let's get back to the to the the personality overlooks. I guess for for lack of a better summation, when when it comes to and really again, what this is about is just helping any and everyone feel comfortable and beautiful in front of the camera. I think that's a better way to sum it up. Are there certain things that you're doing? maybe in the the meetings leading up to the wedding day or up to the shoot and then actually at the shoot that helps these clients. I mean, where you've seen them respond positively to these techniques that enables them to feel better in front of the camera. How are you actually implementing this? Before the session even starts, I, when clients book their weddings with me, they get a complimentary engagement session. I send out two questionnaires. One questionnaire is for their wedding. One questionnaire is for their engagement session. I will ask a particular amount of questions. It's not very long for the engagement questionnaire, but I will ask things like, you know, what what kind of poses do you feel most comfortable in? If they're not aware of that, that's totally fine. They just leave it blank. Or what kind of, you know, what side of yourself do you like best? Are there any parts of your body where you feel a little bit insecure? Um, things like that. Hmm. And even when we go on to the engagement session, I take the first 15 to 20 minutes to make sure 
that my bride and groom know exactly what's going to happen the hour and a half that they're with me. I want them to, I want them to know what poses they're going to be doing. Um, we, I have a posing system four core poses posing system that I implement into and they know each core pose before they go into, you know, more advanced poses or different sets of those poses. So that, that has changed everything for me is making sure that the client knows what's going to happen the hour and a half of the engagement session Hmm. or throughout their wedding day. So that first 15 to 20 minutes before the engagement session begins, they know I know what they are mainly insecure about. Okay. Even the groom will tell me things that he is maybe a little bit insecure about. Interesting. Um, and then, yes. And then going into that session, they feel super confident. They know exactly what's going to happen. And throughout the engagement session, when it's going on, I make sure that they never feel like they did something wrong. So let's say the bride puts her hand on her hip. I wouldn't say, no, 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 not like that. I would say I would take a picture, act like she did it right, and then I would tell her, "Hey, maybe let's try this." Instead of, I think really using your tone of voice and things that you say yep. makes your bride and groom very confident and makes them feel beautiful. It makes them feel good. Yep. Um, I just recently did a gauge an engagement session, and right after the engagement session, five minutes after they had left and we had you know hit the road. She said to me, she sent me a text message and she said, Madison, I have never in my life felt so beautiful and so confident. Wow. And it was just, it was like one of the best moments for me because I know, I knew that I had done my job correctly. You know, this is, this is really powerful stuff. And, and maybe there's some of our listeners that are already in some way, shape or form implementing these ideas. And I'm I'm actually making notes as you're talking here that the first being proactively managing expectations. And then the second being really the tone that you carry, whether literally through your voice or in your interaction, the way that you're engaging with them, the tone that you carry through the session. Um, These two big ideas, I I think are really important reminders, if nothing else for all of us, myself included, in the way that we interact with people, because it really can make a big impact. I was just doing an interview actually with another one of our guests and talking about these experiences that I had with two people over the span of my, literally two people over the span of my life who actually engaged with me in such a way that they made me feel unlike any other interactions that I've had significant. And it's amazing mm-hmm. how, I mean, you never know what somebody might've gone through in a day or in their, in a week or a month or a year in their lifetime that you could in some way really change their life. Even if it's temporarily by simply caring enough to first yeah. of all, proactively communicate with them. I, I love, you know, I never, I don't think I ever really did this. And this idea of letting them know exactly what's going to be happening during the engagement mm-hmm. session, usually with my engagement sessions, when I was shooting back in the day, um, I, I would just kind of go into it. It was very free form. I might give them a general yeah. idea of what we were going to do, but then we just go and mm-hmm. we'd shoot and I just kind of guide them through it. Yeah. I can see how letting them know, letting your clients know exactly what's going to happen, what the poses are going to be would really kind of ease tension because they have, they mm-hmm. have an idea of what's coming up and you've talked yeah. them through it already. I think that's really, really great. And then tone of voice. I mean, I cannot emphasize this enough. I know we've already mentioned it in our mm-hmm. conversation today, but Literally, the tone of our voice, the way that we look at somebody, if you're in the middle of shooting, like you were talking about, Madison, and and something doesn't look great, if you respond, it could even be literally the fact that you're just staring at them, not saying anything, yeah. or not pushing the shutter release on the camera, 
They mm-hmm. can re- they can read that stuff. They can see it. It, will, it can ruin the entire. Session. It can really throw the vibe off. Yeah. So, and I've done this kind of thing before when shooting. If I set up a, a scene and it doesn't look good, whether that was my fault or theirs or some combination mm-hmm. of, but whatever it might have been, I might just go ahead and snap a picture because, yeah. as you said, the last thing you want to do is make them feel bad or like they're doing something wrong. And they listen to that shutter. Yes. They really do. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it, these are really important reminders when it comes to helping them feel on a very tangible, very practical level, help them feel comfortable in front of the camera. The other thing, and I can imagine that you probably do this because it just seems like this is who you are, but the other thing that makes a really big, big difference is just consistent compliments. And and by the way, meaningful yeah. ones, not not making yeah. it up, but looking for ways mm-hmm. that you genuinely feel they are doing well as they mm-hmm. pose or this particular, you know, her, her eyes look really pretty or that shirt that he's got on looks really great, matches her dress really well or wh- whatever the compliment that you can come up with, but complimenting them on how they look and doing it meaningfully can really make a big impact. So I always tell my clients that uh, when I'm complimenting them, I'll stop in the middle and I'll say, I promise you, I'm not lying to you. Like I'm complimenting you because I actually mean it. And I actually had one client um, come up to me and tell me, you know, after the engagement session was finished, can you please be my professional hype man? Because seriously, like, I feel so good after you complimented me that much. And I was like, and she's like, you've got to be faking it. I'm like, I promise you, I'm not. I really mean exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm picking out things that you're exactly how you, what you said. I'm picking out things that you're doing well. And I'm complimenting you because I, I want you to know that. I think that's good. And and we could literally stop the conversation here. And I think this, if, if we all go apply this right now, would make yeah. a really big impact, not just in our businesses, mm-hmm. actually, but in our personal lives too. I mean, when we, when we have conversations with our significant others or with our kids or friends, other family members, if we actually brought that kind of energy to the conversation, it's amazing how that can make somebody else feel. So let, let, let's definitely do that. But I want to jump to the other point that you made, which is the significance of the client's personality and their chemistry with you. Mm-hmm. And it seems to all kind of come back to how you make them feel in the end. I mean, if, if you have a similar, um, well, it, let's just say if you have good chemistry, then ultimately it's going to help the client feel at ease. It's going to help them feel good about you and the, the experience that you're bringing. But can you make this tangible for us as well? How do you do this proactively to search out clients that actually kind of meet that or ultimately bring the kind of chemistry that you're looking for so that you can provide the best mm-hmm. experience for them? Yeah, so this all goes back to the concept of sending them that first video call and then scheduling that FaceTime. Okay. Um, I can really tell right then if a client wants to connect with me. Usually the FaceTime call won't even happen if they have no desire to connect with me um, or no desire to actually have a good client experience. A lot of clients that inquire, they just want the transaction. Interesting. They just want you to come take the photos yep. you know, and do that, which is fine. That's totally fine. But I think that to market your business better and to grow your business better, you want to have those clients that connect with your business and actually appreciate you because they will tell other people. And as all of us know, word of mouth is the best marketing tool you could possibly use. Um, So making sure that those clients connect with you, they're going to spread your business everywhere if you give them a good client experience and if I think giving clients a good kind of a good experience kind of goes back to the client as well. I think that the client needs to connect with you on a deeper level, not necessarily personal, but just appreciate what you're doing for them and appreciate the business that you're doing for them and the photos that you're taking for them so that they can, you know, just spread the word. I, I, I think that's huge. And how I do that is I will, you know, schedule that FaceTime call 
well, you know, we won't just talk about packages. We won't just talk about pricing. We'll talk about other things. I'll ask some questions like, where did you guys meet? Several other questions, you know, how did you guys meet? What um, made you guys want to inquire with me? That's a huge question that I always ask. Um, and I always will ask, you know, what are you, what are you wanting to get out of Madison Bakes Photography? What are you wanting to get out of this client experience? I never want to let a client down. So I always ask them that question. So, and what, whatever they answer will usually tell me what they're wanting out of the client experience and, and what I need to do for them to make sure that they have it. Yeah. You know, there are a couple of things that stand out to me in, in what you're doing. One is that, that initial video message. And, and it's, I think mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting how it, you're setting the tone for this potential relationship, which is I'm going to be personal with you here I am and mm-hmm. I'm going to put myself out there and I want a personal relationship with you. Does that work for you? And and you, as you pointed out, I love it. It's just, there's this natural interaction or lack of interaction. If they seem interested, mm-hmm. if they're interested in your vibe and what you're bringing to the picture, then they reciprocate and they're like, yeah, let's schedule a FaceTime call. If not, and, and really the video is great because they will get a good feel for who you are and what you bring to the picture in this relationship. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't vibe with them, then then they may not respond. And it's a great way to just kind of filter out clients who don't fit what you're trying to create. You're you're very intentionally trying to create a more personal experience. It it makes you feel better, but it also, you know, makes the other client feel great. And as a result, they bring more referrals. And so you've, it's, it's almost like this almost subconscious filter, I guess, really it's conscious for you. It's intentional for you. You've put this filter in place. If they respond to this, this outreach, this initial outreach, then it may, it may be a really good fit. I think that's really great. I think the other thing that's, that stands out to me, um, is you're asking them what they want out of the experience, which is fascinating. Like the the assumption I think as photographers is, well, they're just booking me because they want my photography and I'm going to provide that for them. But Mm -mm. it it could be more nuanced than that. And Mm -hmm. the simple effort of asking, Hey, what, what do you want from this experience? Might, it might even garner some answers that are kind of surprising. I mean, have have you ever gotten any surprise, unusual answers from that question? Um, you know, usually because I don't necessarily pay for marketing to a certain type of type of person. I know Facebook ads, you can like list a certain type of person that you want to market to, but I don't do that. It's these filters and these steps that I take that will, filter out those kinds of people that don't really want an experience, which again is fine. But yeah, I have gotten a couple of uh, weird answers. Uh, when I asked somebody one time what they wanted to get out of the client experience, literally, the, and I thought that the bride and groom may have wanted the, you know, like a really fun experience. They were just like, we just want um, you to come to our wedding, take pictures. Like that's all that they said. They just said <laughs> we just want you to come to our wedding, take pictures. Okay. Like that's it. And I was like, Oh, um, okay. <laughs> you know, they booked with me, but of course in the end, you know, we delivered, I delivered the gallery. They loved their images, but then it was nothing after that. You know, they got their images. I treated them like I treat every client. I, you know, experienced joy with them, but there is just something different about this particular bride and groom that wasn't like the bride and grooms I have now, you know, they, the bride and grooms I have now, I've kind of worked my system really well so that I can get those bride and grooms that love my work and they love working with me and they'll go tell everyone this bride and groom, they didn't, they don't leave reviews. They don't, um, you know, tell other people about the business. They literally just want someone to come to their wedding, take pictures and that's it, which again is totally fine. 
Well, it sounds like you've built some momentum over time, though. I mean, you, mm-hmm. like you said, you you have this particular experience in mind that you want to create for the client um, mm-hmm. that you personally enjoy as well. And you've done this. I mean, even if it's for just a year or so now, you've done it for a relatively short amount of time, but you're you're building some momentum as you continue to book more and more clients that fit that vibe. And naturally, mm-hmm. and hopefully, they're going to also refer their friends who have a similar interest or vibe about them. They're looking for a similar energy. And and we'll, you'll begin to see consistency in that type of client that's mm-hmm. coming to you, yeah. which I think is really great. Um, this has been a really interesting conversation. By the way, first year of weddings, how many have you already booked at this point? So I have booked 20 weddings. We have 15 for this year, which of course has changed because of this virus. What They have rescheduled but we have five for next year already, um, which I, I'm proud of. I'm very proud of myself for doing that um, because, again, I didn't announce I was doing wedding photography until about six, seven months ago. Um, and then I just started, you know, going to bigger cities and handing out my business card or just messaging someone. Not, not, not something like, hey, book your wedding with me, but hey, how are you? Is there anything I can help you with? Can I refer you to any vendors? Can I do this for you? Just anything like that. That's that's just I constantly was talking to people all the time, all the time. And I think that's really how I booked those 15 weddings right off the bat and then already five for 2021. Well, congratulations to you. Props to you. And and I think ultimately, really, to to sum up our conversation today, this is these two principles that you have put so much emphasis on, largely because of your personality, your personal experience with life. You've you've put a lot of emphasis on these two big ideas that have ultimately led to an experience which um, has encouraged referrals, it seems. And I think these are these are principles that are great reminders for all of us. And I appreciate you highlighting them. Will you just remind our listeners where they can find uh, more information about the work that you're doing, your Instagram, your website as well? Yeah. So my Instagram is at photography, Madison Banks. It's photography, M-A-D-I-S-O-N-B-A-N-K-S. And then my Facebook is just Madison Banks Photography. Um, I also have a Pinterest that's Madison Banks Photography as well. My website is madisonbanksphotography.net. Cool. And we'll put all this in the show notes, bocapodcast.com for everybody who's listening and make sure you leverage the show notes. There's lots and lots of resources there. Yeah. If you go to bocapodcast.com. Thanks again, Madison, for making time for all of us today. You're so very welcome. I enjoyed every second of it. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.